My name is Tim Galligan. I'm your host. Welcome to the Ghost of Real Estate episode number 10. Today I have special guest, real estate agent, appraiser, Matthew Ogu. Yes, thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. Thanks for coming it. on the show. Of appreciate course. it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you're, you're a real estate agent, primarily focused in the boroughs. You're also yes. an appraiser as well. Yes. All right. So you got the two combinations going on there. So uh, you want to tell us a bit about how you got involved in real estate to start? So real estate, so how I became an agent was sure. literally by chance. My brother had a friend who was an agent and then he asked me, hey, he saw that I was just, I was in college. I was just coasting through, really didn't have a direction what to go, what to do. And then he was like, hey, come help me at an open house. I was like, okay, I had nothing to lose and whatnot, you right. know. Then I did the open house, gave out flyers, told people to sign in, stuff like that. And then I just fell in love with it. Like I literally thought it was like, okay, you could literally be yourself. You could say what, say what you want, right. be cordial with people, just literally be yourself, dress how you want, stuff like that. And I like that idea. So then I got my real estate license and I like love it. Like I love it a lot. And then fast forward a year later, uh, my broker had a friend who played tennis and whatnot. And they're like best friends. And then she introduced me to her. And then that's, she was like, hey, she liked my work ethic and stuff like that. She was like, hey, go get your appraisal license. And then now I'm in the process of getting my appraisal license and whatnot, have the first step of the appraisal license. Now I'm just working on getting, co completing the whole thing because it's like a shit show. Yeah. It's like insane to get your appraisal license. Um, but I love that. So now you're juggling both, it's, it's fun. It's fun because it's like you see, you get both experiences. Right. And it's just so many experiences just all hitting you from all angles is like, it's very good. It's very, it's very good for an agent because then you see all angles. You, you get, get to appraise the houses that you saw? No, nah. <laughs> unfortunately we can't, no, 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 we can't do that. Um, so when did you get into the appraisal uh, part of it? Did you get in uh, pre-pandemic or post? Literally a month before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. That's a crazy time, man. A crazy time. Real market shift. Real market shift. Um, how, how was that and how is it like combating that, right? So for maybe so, uh, for some listeners who don't know, so an, an appraisal is going to dictate the market. For sure. Right? That's going to uh, say growth or depreciation within a market um, of what homes are appraising for. And if all homes are at a baseline, there needs to be one to take that jump to bring that area or sector to a new um, plateau or new um, point of what homes can appraise for using that one appraisal to lead the pack. Exactly. Right. So exactly. I'm sure there's a lot of that, oh, a lot yeah. of that going on. A lot, a lot. It's insane because um, one, we have to have the comp to show it to like prove right. it. So now when people are just going in, paying, putting in offers X amount of dollars, you know what I mean? And then the appraisal comes in and there's nothing to base off that offer on, you know? So the homeowner thinks they're going to get one price, uh, but then you have the other buyers are just waving appraisal contingencies altogether. And then they're just right. creating that whole insane comp, you know? So right. that's dictating the market when there's such a seller's market. Appraisals, we're just running into it. Well, we're running into issues, but we also know what's going on to, in the market as well. But we are running into issues where properties are just going way above right. ask. And with the waving of the appraisal contingency, that's what's making the market rise and rise and exactly. rise and rise. But the thing is too, we have to wait until that comp is sold. So right. like once that comp is sold, that's when we could use it. We can't use it, say it's in, in contract, stuff like that, we can't use it. Um, right. Yeah, we could base it off of something, but we can't use it until it's a closed comp. Right. And then you have to wait until that closes and yeah. Right, so every three months or so, there's a new adjustment to the market. Exactly, exactly. Gotcha. Um, so you do uh, primary, uh, primarily um, the boroughs, and then you do some work on Long Island as well. I do, yeah. Right? So um, mostly in the boroughs, though. 
mostly in the boroughs. So how's real estate in the boroughs? So real estate in the boroughs. So Manhattan and Brooklyn, um, I would say mostly Manhattan. And with the pandemic, that took right. the biggest hit. Yeah. Everybody was leaving Manhattan to go to Long Island. So it was like feeding Long Island like crazy. And I know you're out in Long Island. So you're yeah. seeing, you're reaping the benefits from the, uh, the whole movement right. and whatnot. But now today, now people are coming back. People are coming back. They went home. They went, hey, I want to be back in the city. The city's opening up now. So right. everybody wants to come back. And there's just a whole bunch of movement that happened. People still in Long Island that haven't found a home. They're still in the market. There's a lot of them out there. Like I'm yeah, pretty sure you're experiencing right right yeah. now. So it's like a whole bunch of movement just happening. Yeah, no, it's but crazy. But it's not on the scale. It's hot. I would say, yeah, it's in Queens, it's pretty hot, but not on the scale of Long Island. Right. Yeah, because everybody's leaving there to go. So you say um, Queens is, is hot right now. Queens is pretty hot. It's pretty hot. It's more hot than Brooklyn, but Queens, because um, they're not paying Long Island taxes and whatnot, so right. people are settling, hey, I could get a yard space, I could get more bedrooms and whatnot, let me settle for Queens. Right. You know, um, I don't have to go out to the city and whatnot, don't have to pay Long Island taxes, I could settle in Queens. Right. But people, oh, but people still like the Long Island lifestyle. Queens is so different from Long Island. Yeah, so. definitely. So. Uh, so what's up with that like eastward movement, right? I, I talk about this pretty frequently. Like it started where Manhattan was just Manhattan, right? Yeah. And then people discovered Brooklyn, so they started moving to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. That blew up, right? I mean, blew property up. values 10x in, uh, blew in up, no man. time. Um, then people start, you know, they, they're moving uh, more east, right? So you, you're going like Bushwick, right? And passing that Glendale, like we just mm -hmm. talked about before. Yeah. Um, and then move into, you know, that Nassau County spot, which has been a transition over the past, I don't know, seven to 10 years or so, right? Yeah. Um, do you see that? What, what do you see happening of those people who are moving? Are they going straight to Suffolk now? Yeah. So they're going to skipping say, Nassau? they're basically skipping Nassau. Says, like, hey, if I'm going to Nassau, right. but I could make a 20 minute drive right. or a 10 minute drive and go out to Suffolk and right. get more yard space right. and get a bigger house for more, more of my money. And I don't have to go back to work. I don't have to go back. Well, not to work. I, I go work at home, work from home and stuff like that. I don't have to go to this an office um they're allowing me so why not make the 10 10 minute commute right 20 minute commute 30 minute commute and then just get a bigger house more space pool right Everything. yeah so it's people are just bypassing that and just going sh more and stuff like right just because they're not paying taxes are lower and stuff like that and you get more of your money right yeah it's crazy like suffolk county prices just skyrocketing right? yeah it's insane <clears throat> you see that continue to go up do you see the market uh what do you see happening in the market in, let's say suffolk county specifically in suffolk counties uh i'll say for a good we're still gonna see that because everybody is so many buyers it's just like so many people look for house so many people are not getting a house right. so you're gonna have peep those people that in within a year i'll say they're gonna eventually when they find when the market shifts and stuff like that when people find their houses they're gonna it's gonna be their opportunities to find their houses right you know some people are gonna get discouraged yeah but there's gonna be the people that are still looking i'll say it's gonna be a strong for a good i would say a year i, I, I predict so it's still, it's still gonna be a good still gonna be very very profitable nice i'll say um <clears throat> so when you first got started also listeners <laughs> matthew's a TikTok star <laughs> how many followers you got a million not 30. <laughs> I wish a million. So, but you have done, uh, in all seriousness, you have done a lot of business off of social media, no? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I didn't even expect it, but yeah. So how did that, how did you get started in that? And how does that, is that a big factor in your business today? Now, yeah, now, now is a huge factor. So how did I get started for first question? So honestly, it was like, okay, so I seen everybody would just post in cookie cutter stuff. 
You know what I mean? They, they were just posting like the picture of the house and just open house, 12 to 2. Right. You know, so I was like, how many people? So it's like 20 people are liking it, 30 people are liking it. Right. It's not getting any engagement. It's not, you're not showing anybody it. So I was like, okay, so what if, so I like to be myself. So and it, like I grew in like being confident in yourself right. and stuff like that, growing to yourself. So what I said, hey, let me just be myself. If I have an open house, let me just make a video of it, you know, and put music that I like. Like people put, it's like, uh, like the corny, the cor real, estate the corny real estate music, <laughs> exactly, in the videos. They right, put the corny right. real estate, and then it doesn't catch anybody. Right. And the whole idea is to get everybody's attention, no? So you have to catch their attention. What's going to catch? People love music, you right. know what I mean? And I don't know why people got the notion is that they can't put their, like, the music they really like inside the videos. Right. Yeah, so that's an interesting point. Yeah, so it's like, for me, I just need to catch their, like, five minutes, like five seconds. I need to catch them for two seconds. I just need to see, let them see my name. Right. That's all it is. Like, I'm not, I'm doing social media not to get any leads. I don't care about the leads. I don't care about any of that. I just want to build the audience where people are engaged and say, hey, Matthew Real Estate. Oh, Matthew Real Estate. Where I just hit them. Matthew Real Estate continues, continuously. And that's what it ended up bringing in the leads. And it was just fun because I was just being myself, adding the music that I like, dressing how I like right. to dress and stuff like that. And I was, it ended up, going into something bigger than I didn't even imagine. So how many times a day do you post? Do you have like a set regimen of posting or? Unfortunately, I don't actually have a set, but I do try to just post. just let it rip. I just let it like, once I get a property, then boom, I make a video. So if I, it's on the contract, boom, I make a video. It was like, it's stuff like that. It's like right off the rip. I don't really have anything set in place. Sometimes I have like, if I just get a property, I'll ask like a straight, like somebody who's walking, hey, can you take a quick video of me? It's so random. It's really? Like, yeah, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I did that once. Two times actually. Really? With somebody walking, I was by myself. I was I was just checking out the property. I was cleaning up for the open house and whatnot for the open house on Saturday. Then I had nobody to make a video, so I said I waited for somebody to walk by. I said, "Hey, can you make a video? Ah, can, can you can you record me?" That was it. Can you record me? And then it just worked. Awesome. You know. Uh, so what's your when you first started? What were your biggest struggles? Ooh, for biggest struggles. No, year one you said you did nothing basically. Basically tough nothing. Start. Yeah, tough start. I did about one, like it was basically pretty much nothing. Right. Um, what was it? So, it was getting people to trust you. One. Right. Getting people to trust you. Getting people to say, hey, okay, so I trust you with taking care of my family, looking for a house, stuff like that, or even selling my house. So it was like that first trust, and honestly, it was. The confidence. So I didn't. I, I would say I didn't have the confidence. So right. it was like, if I'm not gonna have the confidence, why would somebody trust me to sell their house? Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it was like I went to a shift in my life where I said, hey, you know what? I don't care about anything. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they think. I'm gonna just be myself, regardless. So once that switch happened, that's when my business started to explode. So the struggle in my business, I had no confidence in myself. Wow. And then once I grew up, it grew into the confidence. That's when I didn't care about anything. When was like that, year two? Year two, exactly. And year what did two. year two look like? Year two was insane. So the first year I did about one, pro I sold only one, one house. Right. Year two, did about, sold about 14 properties and about 11, 10 rentals. That's awesome. And yeah, and it blew up into something that I didn't even know that you could do. Like, it's insane. Like for me, because before real estate, I was basically just coasting through, through nothing, you know? Yeah. And then, it's, it's funny how, like, when you grow into yourself, like, you get confident in your own skin, what could really happen when you don't care what any, like, any noise say, like, anybody's, people can say anything to me, and I literally do not care. I don't take 
compliments i don't take negative negativity i don't care about on either end either right. end like i don't care i just i know what i want to get to yeah i love the compliments you do 100 <laughs> percent, but like i don't take it i don't take the negativity either so right. i just like i know what i want to get to i know what kind of life i kind of want to live in what way and it's just fun to me so it's like yeah. now when you grow into yourself that's what it is are you working more uh listings or buyers or renters Mm, now is mostly and now it's half and half with the listings and uh buyers now it's more half and a half before it was mostly buyers right now it's turning into half and half i would say and then where do you see the business scaling what are your goals and how do you plan to get there hmm that's funny because i never really looked at like i never really made a goal that i want to get to okay so a goal that i had was 24 properties in a year you know that's my current goal um, but I never really had like a long term. I never looked at it as like I never like gave myself a long term goal. I don't know why. I think that's a bad thing, really, because I'm just <laughs> aimlessly hoping, I right. guess. But I don't know. I, I just know what kind of life I want to live, you know, like what kind of what a family and stuff like that with a house. And I like how am I going to get there, you know, but I don't really have like goals set in place. But I do know that I want to have my own brokerage and own an appraisal company. So I do know. I so have you want to open your own real estate brokerage? Yes. Yes. Nice. In a way, in a certain way, like, in a certain way, it doesn't necessarily happen. Maybe have a good team around me it, like that, but I definitely want to have my own appraisal company for sure. Like, nice. Not even a question. And then, so how does that work? The bank, so when you're an appraiser, the banks give you the jobs. They yes. come in on like a rotating basis, like a round robin. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So uh, you get clients. So you get harmonies, you get private lenders, you get your regular lenders, stuff right. like that. So everybody gives you jobs. So mm -hmm. as long as you make the relationships with everybody and then they take you on as a client, you could take them on and then stuff like that. And your jobs just, and, the, and then you have jobs from the banks. So the jobs just keep coming in. Got it. So, so your clients are the bank, right? So whether it be like Wells Fargo, Bank exactly. of America. Exactly. Uh, big box banks. Exactly. <clears throat> and then also uh, non-QM as well. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. So then you're dealing with them. They come, they give you the job and you de either deploy your team or in this case, you're going out and then appraising the home. Exactly. And it could be like a, a private investor. They, they need home money right. and stuff like that. They want to do a pre-appraisal, stuff like that. They want to do during their jobs. They need to get their loans and stuff like that, the hard money loans. So private, private investors too. When you're going to go see the home, so for our listeners who might not know, I think I know the answer. <laughs> you obviously have a, a copy of the contract when you're going yes. to go see the home. So you for know sure. what that home is under contract for. Yes. What percentage of those actually appraise in this market? Is it high? Is it low? Uh, so I would say things are, hmm, that's like, a tough question like are to the ask. Are the comps coming as the market's gr continually growing? Yes. Now, now, as days and weeks go by where things are closing, yeah. Right. So yeah. it becomes easier. It becomes easier on, right, on our end. With the comps there. With the comps there, yeah. Got it. But we have to wait for those times. So it's like, the what's going to happen this week with these houses, you know? Right. So um, it depends. It all depends on, uh, every situation is different. Every so situation is in an appraisal, <clears throat> so uh, as an agent, when you're going to you know meet the appraiser, you yeah. want to bring a couple comps. Yeah. Right. You want to give them to the appraiser in a very very nice way. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Listen, I, for me, I take all the comps because I want right. the agent to feel yeah, comfortable too. For sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Just you give, don't give miss me all something, the comps. Whatever. It may exactly. Be. And then listen, if it's a thing is, if you're bringing me a closed comp that sh that's similar to it, right? I'm yeah, we're gonna we're gonna use it. You know what I mean? As long as it makes sense, we're hundred percent gonna use it. Right. And if you want us to use it, by all means. So you know what, I mean? what, what are some of those key elements that need to be taken into consideration in the comp as far as uh, geographical radius? Yes. 
um, so, stylophone, things of that nature. How yeah, does that work? So style, interior square footage, exterior square footage, if your basement is finished, if they're not finished, but everything right. is adjusted. So let's say it's right. a perfect comp, exact same comp, but they're just the basement is not finished. You know, we have to adjust. Right. You know, That's if it's like two similar houses. X. Exactly. Minus X amount. Got you know, it. if it's two, it, everything gets adjusted. If their lot size is a little smaller or a little bigger, we adjust. Right. If your house is 10,000 10, square footage compared to this one's 8,000. So right. we adjust. We make that adjustment. And is that an exact ratio? Uh, no. Like, for example, if, if my house is 500 square feet and yours is 1,000 square feet, Right, and yours sells for ten thousand dollars. Is mine automatically five thousand dollars if it's the same exact home? On um, it all depends on like what's finished, what's not finished. So we could, right. it doesn't have to be the same exact number. We could do like a two thousand adjustment, a three thousand adjustment, stuff like that. Got it. So okay. it could all be it could all be adjusted. <clears throat> a pool. A pool gets adjusted too. Add? So adds. Yeah. Adds value. Adds value. So it's the uh, the urban the urban myth that the pool uh, decreases the value. Of it your depends. Home. It depends on how the owner maintains the pool. Right. You know, well, so if it's course. like exactly so, but a, a pool would add value, right? It would add, like I did an appraisal, especially in this market, right? Especially in this yeah. market, yeah. I'm actually gonna go on that. So, we actually did an appraisal on a house that, um, this is so weird too. This is a, this is a pool in Park Slope, wow, yeah, insane. It was a pool in Park Slope, all right, and that just made this comp, made this house so desirable, you know, so mm. it added a whole bunch of value on that. So, to go back on your question, pools, yeah, they do have value. Wow, that's yeah. nuts. Um, say the biggest skyrocket in property value is Suffolk County happening now. Would you compare that to what it was in those eastward, that eastward movement in, in Brooklyn and Queens in those uh, specific areas? Well, Suffolk County is not even comparing to what's happening in Queens and Brooklyn and whatnot right. in terms of increase in value. Inside Brooklyn, though, I would say there's an increase in townhouse values. More people are saying, hey, okay, so why am I paying uh, X amount for one bedroom in Manhattan where I could go to Brooklyn and get a townhouse with three floors, five bedrooms, stuff like that. Right. So there's ultimately look for more space. But in Suffolk, like that increase in value cannot, is not comparing to Queens and Brooklyn. No, that one just flew, yeah. you know, it just took off like a rocket. Yeah. Um, Plans for the future um, in the next two to five years, where do you see yourself with the business itself? Hmm. With the business, I do see myself still selling real estate, still, still mostly, but I see myself being more on the listing side. Yeah. Being more on the listing side, I do want to do more business in Manhattan. And I'm starting to get into Manhattan now. Um, have two listings in Manhattan, but nice. Yeah, I there's a lot of characters that. in Manhattan, right? Like um, your real estate agents. Oh my God, what? Did yeah. like where? Where did you come from? <laughs> Stuff like that. Exactly. Like who yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's so it's so hard. It's yeah, so different, cutthroat. It's different set of rules over there, right? Different, whole different ball game. It's called no rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's like it's a whole different ball game. Like Long Island, like you go come out to Long Island. It's so everybody's nicer. Right. Stuff like that. You get paid. You. You, you don't have to worry about getting paid, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like that over there, huh? It's like that over there. It's like you got to, in Queens especially, you got to fight for your commissions and stuff like that. But it's fun. Like, I, I, I see it as fun. If you're, but the thing is, is like, if you're a good agent out there, you can make right. a good amount. You can make a good living, you know? Right. And the thing is, it's like, everybody's like set in place already in say certain park markets. So then when they see like a new face coming in, People like to jump on it and stuff like that. People give people. I do feel like people give chances and whatnot. And then once you capitalize on that, you right. can just blow up into something bigger. 
Is there uh, like five people who run Manhattan? Or is it not necessarily? Scattered? It's not necessarily like five people, like the but pe the people on, that you see on TV. Oh, but the people you see on TV, yeah, they're names, like yeah. like Ryan Serhan and Frederick. Yeah. Like they're they're on like on a whole nother level. Really, they already have like things on lock. Like they already have everything on level. But yeah, you still get the other agents that. I'm sure it's similar to Long Island. You, you still have the right. big players, and you still have people still selling real estate. Like maybe not on their scale, but they're still selling real estate. They're right. still making a good living, and whatnot. Similar concept, but the thing is, it just that is so. It's harder. It's just harder to get a listing in Manhattan. Harder, just very much more harder. Like you can't really randomly call. Like you can't just randomly call somebody. You don't. Yeah. You know, it's more relationships. It's more relationships in Manhattan and Brooklyn and stuff like that. I would say you have to be more in tune with their life. You right. Know? You have to agree with that. And on one hand, you can kind of see it too. Like they're in a building, right? So they all live in the same place. There's X amount of people who live in that place. So if you can yeah. capture the building. That's the idea. Right. That's the whole. So, that's in the whole name of the game. I would think that if the people who are living there now are are selling, mm -hmm. they're going to move. And what's the average stay time on on a place in Manhattan or a place in Brooklyn or Queens? Well, well, Ma Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens is a whole di is three different. So Manhattan is different because there's more co-ops, condos, and stuff right. like that. Um, Queens is basically the same as like Long Island or anything like How that. How long are people staying in a co-op? Two years. Yeah, so sometimes you have to stay in two years. It, it all depends on the building. Right. It all depends on every building is different. Some co-op is the co-op boards and the co-op rules. So you have to follow the rules. Sometimes they don't let them sublease. Sometimes they don't e until a certain amount of time. Sometimes they don't even let you uh, rent it out. Sometimes co-ops you have to live in it for two years. Whatever the whatever they ask you to do, you just have to follow. Got it. So, so every building is different. But essentially, you could have that building if you had a. A few of them. Oh, you can have that as a recurring business after those two years and For keep sure. it flowing. For sure, yeah. There's pe there's agents that like have a building on lock and right. then they're making a living off one building. Yeah, and they just have it on lock. Everybody knows them that that's the real estate agent for that building. Yeah, that's it's great. If you want to yeah. go this weekend, we just give like uh, bagels and coffee. Set up oh my god, they will love that. They will love that. A hundred percent. Every and Sunday morning. Man. Yeah, but people are friendly though. People are. Oh my god, they would love that. That's yeah, an go. amazing idea. Actually, good stuff. That's actually an amazing idea. Yeah, man. Um, cool. Uh, words of wisdom. Anyone looking to get started in the real estate business, in the appraiser business, anything to do with real estate, what would be your one uh, one thought or uh, piece of advice to them? Uh, one thought, one piece of advice. Go all in. So be confident in you. yourself and just you have to go all in. You can't you can't say, hey, uh, I'm going to do this a little bit. I'm going to see how it goes. It's, you're not going to get out, everything out of it. If you go all in and just forget about Plan B, Plan C, no. To forget about that. Plan B, Plan C. Right. Just go all in. Just Plan A. Just Plan A. There's no, there's no Plan B. Just that's what I did. But there's no Plan A. Maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know. But <laughs> Plan A, yeah. Just dive all in. Go all in. Once you go all in, you should be good. Love I it. believe. Yeah. And how can people reach you? What's your, uh, what's your Instagram handle? What's your TikTok? Perfect. So my Instagram handle and TikTok is all, everything, all social media is just my name, Matthew Algu. Um, my number is 347-272-5443. You can reach me anytime there. Call me. Um, but yeah, if you find me anywhere, my, just my name, Matthew. Awesome. Nothing fancy. Cool deal, man. Matthew, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Tim. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for coming man. on, man. Of course.